three of my favorite people on this planet and a trifecta of Apple Hall of Famers. We we're just talking about uh, the lifelong friendships that uh, this one single little interest can produce or cement. You know, we're coming up on the annual APA convention, that great get together uh, a couple of weeks from now in Alpharetta, Georgia, the uh, not so new headquarters. It's been 10 years since the last uh, kind of semi-official tournament in Lancaster before the company was moved uh, down to Georgia. And um, with us today, uh, Pete Simonelli, Hall of Fame 2005, John Cochran, Hall of Fame 2009, Rebecca Peterson, Hall of Fame 2021, correct? The Plaxist one. She and John Asselon were supposed to go in in 20, and then Steve Ryan in 21 as a, as a one-man class, but that all got celebrated and handed out at the same time for what we will politely call exigent circumstances. Oh, I mean, certainly in, uh, during this, uh, this pandemic, uh, the game board games have uh, really come to the fore, even more so than they had been. We're also talking about technology, and uh, these days, you know, um, you get Instagram, you get a ton of board gamers. Uh, in fact, in the UK, they just had a uh, some sort of expo where they got a bunch of folks together. I wonder if decades from now, these folks will have the kind of enduring relationships that you folks have had. I mean, when have, do you even remember? I mean, how, how long have you guys? You know, Pete, John, when did you meet uh, you know, John and Becca, obviously? I mean, how long is this? I mean, we've got like uh, almost 200 years, my included, I guess, of Apple experience here. And it's amazing. Yeah. Um, I know when I first crossed paths with Pete, and that was at the 76th convention in Philly, because he was he ran that tournament. Uh, now, I he probably doesn't remember me at that tournament from, from the next 200 people that were in it. But, uh, but that's when I first crossed paths with him and with Bob Henry and with Roy. Who, who else, who else of, the, uh, of the old guard that's still floating around? How about Skeet? Were Skeet did Skeet and Beryl make appearances at that, at that convention? I don't I recall. They did. Uh, Skeet usually did. In 76? Didn't always. Yeah. But then you had people like Ben Weiser. Did you meet? I guess you oh, yeah. Of course I met. Of course I met Dan, who is... Was very I don't much know true. if the Gatos brothers were at that one. I know they were. At the I don't recall it. Ron Gold, uh, who has turned up since, he turned up at one of the late Lancaster conventions. Norm Pascal, who was still floating, still floating around. around that that place. Place. That's where I go back. And of course, compared to you, Pete, I'm a piker. I mean, I was, you know, 1976 was, was late to the game for you. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, that was already the third uh, convention. Yeah, I was quite literally still in high school for Another name from back at that convention is Mark Jacobson. To this, that doesn't live far from me to this day. The primary on-paper difference between Mark and I is about 100 points of IQ. Mark was only child of older parents, both government workers, and two, you know, born two, born and brought home to North Arlington two years after I was born and brought home to McLean. So, uh, so a lot of common experience, and I was in the league with Mark for many years. Uh, and he's still he's still floating around. Uh, last I had eyes on him was at the last game at RFK in 2007 before they moved to Nats Park. So, uh, but he's still he's still floating around. Um, uh, had it you know went on to have a great career at NSA. Mark's probably the first of the inside the Beltway crowd in the Apple community uh, because Mark was two years younger than me, but two years ahead of me in school because he skipped high school. So, uh, so that's well, quite literally. So uh, that uh, IQ, unmeasurable IQ, and the people at WNL High School, which is right down the street from me here, called his parents in his freshman year of high school and said, uh, 
he's wasting his time here. If we pay for it, can we just send him to GWU? Great guy. Um, he's the guy that Conrad Horn in the, wrote in the journal and said, uh, the kid's so smart that we all run off run off to the bar because he can't follow us. Yeah, right. <laughs> that was about, I think that was the 75. And yes. Mark would have only been 16 then. So 46 years ago, Pete. Good God. Yeah, Probably well, there are years ago this weekend. Ben Franklin Hotel? Yes, the first one was Belle, Bellevue Stratford and the third one, the Ben Franklin. Right. And, uh, you know, there are people that are still around today that we don't normally see, like Rich Prey, for example, always came to those conventions. I probably, I'm, I'm sure I still have a directory of the names of the attendees in my files. Uh, but uh, again, uh, you know, some people have moved on and then some we just don't see anymore. But um, they're never forgotten. Looking at the old Apple Journal here, uh, June 15th to 17th. 1973 the first tournament right in philadelphia yes so it was kind of a thing yeah yeah and then the, then, the, then the next 75 and 76 were similarly timed yeah wow wow that was, uh, i remember one one so bad to go in 73 but uh but you know i was i was, I was 16 years old and that was a bit of a stretch to do by myself <laughs> also speaking of tournaments now uh uh, also, in its uh, this will be um, minus an interruption. The eighth year of your Bridesburg. Uh, speaking of Philadelphia area, mm -hmm. it would, it, well, it ties in. Um, it would be the tenth year, as you say. It, it ties exactly into when the conventions moved to Alpharetta. Uh, it would be the tenth, but uh, we lost a couple to uh, once again exigent circumstances. Uh, twenty twenty, we didn't even we never even got we never even got the wheels screwed on the cart for that one. Uh, we were may of last year we were getting ready to do it and the philadelphia boys and girls club that oversees all seven philadelphia clubs including bridesburg came down and said no uh, field trips are prohibited for this summer so that went in the tank we had a tournament for the um for, for just the for the adults and what and their own children uh in one case uh instead uh but uh, we just on monday got the word that the uh that the suits are uh, not going to stand in our way this year, and uh, and so uh, you know, barring famine, flood, or further pestilence, uh, <laughs> we're we're on for August sixth. And the the we're going to talk about pet up demand. I mean, Brian Cavanaugh at the Boys Club will have three classes worth of new kids that have not been to one of these. Okay, but on my end, a lot of years. Get 12 13 14 adults to show up and a lot of years by convention time i've got nine or ten and i spend the entire convention wandering around alpharetta on my knees begging people to come to the darn thing because we've got to have a certain number of adults or it doesn't work i already have 16 adults signed up for this year including three who've never gone all right i am and and i am like oh boy i better be you know I'm, and i'm not proselytizing now because i'm gonna you know we get more than a, there's usually some late signups I can only take so many. I'm gonna run out of places to sit them. Uh, and boy, oh boy, is that the problem I wish I had. So, uh, so, uh, and the fact that there's three new people, all people I know, of course, uh, we're, you know, we're, we're, we don't let people wander in off the street for this because of the, of the presence of the kids. But, uh, but there are people I know, a couple, you know, one of them, somebody I've been trying to get to come for years and a couple of people that I've met just in the last year, but are good at the people that I've played with and, and, and socialized with. One of the kids that was at the camp that was there as a junior high school kid 
at the first time that those kids showed up at the 2011 Lancaster Convention, all the way through college, all the way through grad school, emailed me this year and said, don't put me in with the kids this year. He says, I am, I am an adult. I have a full-time job. I'm coming as an adult and I'm making a contribution. Uh, awesome. And I'm like, oh my God, we were all a lot younger once. I remember, you know, I say, I remember him as a 12 year old kid. I should point out that, out that without Rebecca and Pete and Randy Courier right. and Brian Cavanaugh and rest his soul, I still tear up Dusty Welsh. Uh, uh, you know, I, I just, I'm essentially just the, the face of this thing. They're the ones that have done all the work and, uh, and made it, made it happen. As, as Rebecca correctly pointed out to me the other day, if it weren't for her, we'd be having this tournament out at, at a, uh, out next to a dumpster at a Walmart. So that's, that's... Speaking, of how, speaking of how Rebecca keeps things together. I first wow. met my interject, my little story here quickly. I first met uh, Pete, uh, right up here in North Jersey in 2011. And every time I talk about Anything, anything having to do with the Apple Football Club is directly related to this gentleman. Uh, without him, I wouldn't be doing anything like this. It'd be, you know, I wouldn't have known anything. So I then took the chance and went out to the Lancaster 2012. And that's where I met Rebecca and John. And uh, Rebecca was uh, still at the time, you were kind of, you were the pinch player. And you had been doing that for a while. And you obviously you've uh, risen through the ranks here. Yeah, so John and I moved in together in 96, 1996, and the first time he took me to anything, because there weren't any conventions going on at the time, the first time he took me to anything APA-related, there was a card show um, in Richmond, I want to say. Richmond International. 2000? 2000 is correct. Right. When Bordagon yeah. was running things, he was going. It was, to park, a, it was around the 50th anniversary of the of the game, and yeah. I met Skeet and Beryl, and you know, it's not. John had introduced me to the game casually. We'd played a game or two, um, but yeah, it wasn't until the extra conventions that weren't like game company conventions up in the Lancaster area that I really kind of saw other people other than John and Skeet and Beryl. But then what had happened was there was this whole set of cards that John had acquired as part of working on the handbook. And so I would come along and I would hand out cards free to a good home while everybody was participating in the tournament. That was kind of the first thing that I did was I was in charge of extra cards and just making sure that they got a good home. Primarily, and, those were duplicate great teams of the old sets of the great teams in the past. And yeah, I served as the pinch player. So it was always this, this thing that would happen at night. Everybody would say, okay, the tournament's all set. We have the right number of players. And then the next morning, somebody would show up that hadn't registered. And the problem was, do you tell that person, sorry, no. But I always agreed to serve as the pinch player. And so sometimes at night, I'd go to bed thinking, oh, I'm going to play tomorrow. And the next morning, somebody would show up and I wasn't needed. And it was like, oh, you're out. Or I'd go to bed the night before thinking, oh, I'm not going to be needed. And the next morning, maybe I would have to pinch, pinch play. And then, yeah, it actually happened once that I had to pinch play. And yeah, now John's that pinch player. 
<laughs> what actually happened there was that just to, just to fill in the, the chronology, Rebecca was first called upon as pinch player at the 2008 convention in Vegas. And, um, and, uh, and we had all gone to bed Friday night and I got a call in my room at about 11 o'clock at night from Skeet. And I don't know why this had never come up in prior years or why, what they did about it. But he, he called me and says, John, we got a problem. We got an odd number of people. That's a problem. Understand that. And he said, you know, do you have an extra team? And can Rebecca play to even out the draw? Of course, I always had an extra team. I you know, never traveled without an ugly collection of Apple cards. And uh, so fine. But then we got down there in the morning and somebody had showed up. Go to Lancaster, 2009, 10, 11, 12. You know, completely, you know, we're all statistics freaks. It should be a 50-50 shot. She never actually wound up having to sit and play. We get down to the first alphabetic convention, 13. And darn if, 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 if she doesn't have to, have to, you know, put on her helmet and get in the box. But darn if she doesn't make a splash in the division. She winds up going four and six in the division, which is somebody who doesn't actually play otherwise. But she all, yeah, she. Sorry, I was off camera for a second because I needed to get. Yeah, yeah, this is. Nice. She, 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 her first game, she, was it Gilles Thibault you got in the first game? Yeah, it was Gilles Thibault. You walked him off in the first game and he walks over to where I'm playing and he said, Oh God, you should have seen the look in her eyes when she won that walk off and created a monster. She ends up going four and six in a division that not only included Gilles, but people like Roy Langens and, um, and created such a fuss that much like exactly analogous to Jackie Robinson, who won the first rookie of the year because they essentially created it to give it to him. She won the first rookie of the year because the person created it. And he also told me in his own inimitable style at the end of that tournament, he says, from now on, she has to play, you can sit if we need to. Which I have <laughs> done yes. on a couple of occasions now. Uh, so that no, was the 2013 tournament. That was 2013. So she's been playing ever since. And I've sat out at least two, maybe three since because uh, because somebody has to be the pinch player and it can't be her anymore. But and you know what? Problem. It's it's a little interesting to me that it was 2013. I'm looking at the trophy. To me, it just seems like it's been a couple of tournaments. Yeah, it had, well, it had to be 13 because you got the trophy the next year. And it could not have wired into 15 because you weren't there. Right. That was one of the one of the three that you've missed. Yeah. Um, so because so, 2015 was the year that um, her father died 24 hours after Daryl Lincoln died. Right. So, uh, so she was she I was I was in Alpharetta, but she was in Arkansas. So uh, so that so we had to divide and conquer with the two deaths uh, that close. So uh, yeah, that's. That was uh, that was it. And I got told at the end of that convention, even though she had a valid excuse, at least five people told me not to come back the next year. Very Brand. So. <laughs> shows what shows what what, what uh, my all thing is. For those who maybe uh, uh, come across this um, and who are not necessarily Apple folk, uh, we're talking about Vera Lincoln, Skeet Carr, the kind of the two original employees, along with the founder, Dick Seitz in Lancaster. In terms of the handbook, uh, this is the uh, Ed Zach uh, handbook. This is the second edition, one of the greatest achievements in any board game, board games history, for sure. It, it details cards, mm -hmm. and it's now, of course, available online. It tells you about all the various permutations and season sets. Uh, talk about the cards and talking about playing i mean a lot of times you'll hear about at the ball and kind of what you have to do head to head i mean do you have any uh i guess two parts i mean who's kind of the better player or 
you know, do you even keep track of that kind of a thing? And do you have any kind of personal tips for kind of playing head to head, say in a tournament setting? Um, Pete, I think Rebecca ought to answer this. She's had the most tournament success. Sure as heck you and I have not. Mm -hmm. um, oh. uh, well, uh, that's unfortunate because uh, I have no tips. I take a team, I play, I go home. I'm just there to have fun. The, in terms of who are the best. I win and how many games I lose and I don't care if I go to the playoffs or not actually if I go to the playoffs then I miss out on things like dinner and stuff like that so it's yeah she made the playoffs in 2019 the same year that another uh uh, uh female member of the crowd Amy Weitz uh, uh won the division I was in and, and ran the table uh so uh yeah in and I can't say that Rebecca broke ground for women being in the tournament because Lynn Siemens was floating around for years. Lynn's been a player for years and years and uh, years. But yeah. but uh, but nonetheless, um, but but to say that Rebecca has uh, has uh, has uh, has uh, moved the envelope is certainly uh, certainly not wrong. Um, Pete, good players. Well, let's start with the multiple people who have won the convention tournament multiple times. There's three of those: uh, John Duke, Brian Wells, Steve Scott. Uh, Steve just got his third. Uh, the only three-time winner. He's also the only back-to-back -back winner. Uh, those guys know what they're doing. Pete, who, who else do you think is somebody for, somebody you don't want to face if you're trying to win that tournament? Well, not to brag, but I, I have beaten uh, Brian Wells a couple of times, although he's got the edge over me, <laughs> and, and certainly in winning tournaments. It, it's... Um, I can't think of anybody. It's uh, you're right. They kind of know what they're doing. They pick the right team, probably the right lineup, but it, it's, it's difficult to win a, a tournament like that. And anything can happen in, in a short series, which is basically what it is. Uh, but in my mind, what it comes down to is you have to, to get the roles. And uh, Roy said that as much when, when he won, he just got the right roles at the right time. Yeah. Uh, but it's uh it's a lot of fun. Uh, you do have to play a little uh, apple ball. Uh, at home, uh, I play the master game. So when I go to these uh, the convention or any other tournaments where it's basic game, I've got to get back into that. And, and, and you know, apple ball wise, for example, uh, I have to remember, don't put uh, one of my good players batting in front of the guy with the 41. <laughs> I heard he and... Uh, in Vegas, I guess, uh, last year, that, that hurt me. And, you know, little things like that. Mm -hmm. But that's part of it. When you guys say Apoball, I think you're talking about, see, this is because I'm not as familiar. Um, I think you guys are talking about the same thing that Brian Wells said to me one time. He's like, yeah, you can't think about real baseball. You have to look at the cards and look at the way that the statistics yes. are laid out on the cards and choose your team based on what the card says, not mm -hmm. real baseball. And, and what the specific that's rules true. of the tournament are, and there are, and there are that's different. That's true. Uh, Pete, you talk about putting your best a good player in front of the guy with the 41. Doesn't matter in Alpharetta, we ignore injuries in Alpharetta. Yeah. But, mm -hmm. but they don't in Vegas, and so there you go. Mm -hmm. The one thing I would, if you want one tip for people to take home, if you're using a pre-analytics, pre-Bill James team, you're at a disadvantage. Well, no, not necessarily. If you're you're at you're if you're using the old cards, you are. For years, I was bringing the old '50s cards to tournaments so people could see them. But the way those cards are constructed, they're at a disadvantage against modern cards. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, the a lot a lot of the pitchers are downgraded. Part time hitters are downgraded. No Z's on the pitchers that just destroys you. But here's here's and this is more playing. This is more about baseball than Atha. This is this is not really playing Atha ball. This is playing baseball. Um, the uh, been playing with some '40s teams lately. Uh, been playing online with Steve Stoppel and David Small. And the thing that I notice on those 40 teams is that very often the Hall of Fame number three hitter ought to be your leadoff guy. Not necessarily a power hitter, usually a fantastic on-base percentage. Found this out both in, in 1941, both with the Cardinals, Stan Musial, and the Yankees with Joe DiMaggio. Uh, this, was, this is not a function of Atma ball. This is a function of that, uh, the, that starting with Casey Stingle and Earl Weaver, but being moved very much forward by Bill James and his crowd, we figured out that on base percentage, which remember when, when we were kids, they didn't even publish it in the paper. Uh, the, uh, and I can remember when they started to and somebody writing into the sporting news and saying that there ought to be a constitutional amendment prohibiting it. But uh, the, that's, ba- baseball fans can be very stuck in their stuff. But, um, but uh, yeah. Look and see if you don't have a, a number three hitter that wouldn't do you a lot better if you got him an extra at bat and got him and got him to at least lead off the first inning. Uh, there's one tip. Uh, you know, don't go by the lineup that was used at the time. Uh, the managers weren't always in, as enlightened on analytics as they are now. And let's face it, if if uh, Atba was about analytics before the phrase was before the phrase am, word analytics was in the game. Sure, for sure. For sure. Uh, for those, uh, again, if you're a not an Napa person, Brian Wells is the son of uh, Greg Wells. Uh, Greg Wells worked at the Appa Journal with the uh, great Howard Alscog, who saved the Appa Journal in the 80s. Uh, Alscog is a football god. I mean, he's kind of the god of football, ultimately, of the football game. And Brian, his son, they both uh, were inducted in the Hall of Fame in 2013, which was super cool. Super yeah. cool. And speaking of tying back to Bridesburg and how you, uh, you know, Brian was a young, you know, young man, and I was a, an older young man, but he's still, you know, building through the ranks. And actually, Brian, speaking- Brian will always be nine years older than most of us, although he has grown up to be a very fine and responsible and in, in, in good young adult. But uh, but he'll always be that nine year old kid that we can't beat. For sure. Because um, that's how old he was when he first won the tournament. Actually, talking about the 50s sets versus today's sets, and, and certainly in the Apple football world, there's, you know, clearly there are eras, again, as the handbook points out, the various eras, and there are kind of philosophies behind the cards, and there are always that kind of mystery of kind of who calculated what's said, and a lot of that is word of mouth lore, lots in the Apple journals. I just wonder if you could maybe break down some of the many eras, just at least on the baseball side. Uh, and if you still get enjoyment from the older cards, even though they may not be as finely tuned as what you're getting right now. Pete, you want this one? No, you go ahead. <laughs> okay. Here is just, and again, realizing that you're intending on showing this to people who, who might not uh, have spent the last, well, I figured out 54 years. It's just about 54 years ago this week that I first got the game. Well, something's been standard in my life all this time. Um, the the eras, uh, real quickly, 1950 through 1955, the original cards. The problem with playing those uh, is they're very valuable as collector's items. Uh, the original 1950 set, there may be a dozen sets still floating around. There were only 130 some ever printed. Um, 
but those cards are have great historical value and they're fun to play against each other. But you got to realize no speed ratings, no controller strikeout ratings. Um, there is no incentive in to ever use a pinch runner on those sets because everybody runs this unless unless they've got the uh, well no unless you unless they've got enough got an eleven and you're going to hit and run because. There's no speed difference, you know. Uh, you know, um, Carl Ferrillo, Carl Ferrillo and Jackie Robinson are the same speed from 1950 through 1955, which is, of course, wrong. Control ratings and the speed ratings came in with 56. Um, those are a lot more. A lot of people say 58 was the big change when double columns came in. But the speed ratings and the control ratings in 56 were at least as important. Six cards there, or 58. Yeah, there you go. There you go. Here's my stuff. The um, the um, to back up just a, with the earlier cards, fifty to fifty-five. You, you were commenting correctly, and in addition, you know it's hard to make them accurate without the uh, uh, double columns, for one thing. And uh, uh, there were things that, uh, like the uh, hit by pitch, was difficult to uh, to implement in those sets. You know they used the eventually. Dick used the 15s and 19s, and then it evolved to the to 22. But yes, that's how it was. And um, you, as you said, it's fun to, to play them against each other, but uh, it's a little different if you try to play them against the modern team. Yeah. Yeah. Right? I've, I've put, then, I used, uh, for, for years, I brought those cards to the convention because I thought people would want to see them. But I got tired of get, I, I just got tired of not being competitive. And it wasn't, you yeah. know, so I, I'm, I'm bringing more modern stuff now. But uh, yeah, in the early set, there were two, two three other changes. You, you mentioned the, four, the uh, hit by pitch, the 42s. Of course, the Ron Hunt card that required seven 22s because he was always diving in front of pitches and they finally came up with the 42 um, to make that, a little, that card a little less ridiculous. Um, the, um, the difference being that 42 actually gives you the hit by pitch on bases empty, which nothing else does. Um, the introduction in the early 70s, I, I forget the exact date, of common usage of second column singles. Double columns helped sort out how many home runs, doubles, and triples, but it didn't do a darn thing for extra base hits versus singles because the second column was still all extra base hits until the early 70s. Um, the, uh, the allowing a basic game allowing a stolen base to come directly off a walk, not a single, i.e., using the 14 star rather than just the 10 or 11, was bad. the year the year that they had to give Lou came after the year they had to give Lou Brock a card that hit 320 when he only hit 280 or something like that. I'm not exactly right, but they but to get enough stolen bases, they had to put somebody 11 on his card that it hit too hard. So they finally came up with the 14 asterisk. Uh, which gives you the stolen base without giving you the extra base hit, without giving you the base hit. Those are all very, very large changes. Also, in the sometime in the 70s, uh, the J factor to uh, give lo longer injuries to guys who were hurt more and shorter injuries to guys who were hurt less rather than just the random things on the boards. Um, all of these things come in. But another very large change. Look, and this is... The classic, this is 1953 Ted Williams, who came back late from the Korean War and tore up the league for two months. Didn't qualify for the batting title. That card absolutely correctly would have four ones on it, okay? 
but they didn't do that. They reduced they reduced part time players in those days. Same with Bob, 1957 Bob Hazel, 1955 Bob Hale, is a few others. Um, getting away from that, going ahead and giving people the cards they deserve, and just trusting the players not to overuse. Them. Same with the pitching. 19 said so this was near and dear to my heart because this is my first set. 1967 Tommy John with an ERA well below 250, but only 190 some innings pitched. That, that's a, that was a B then because if you didn't have 200 innings pitched, you lost a break. Uh, which is which now part of that also was because there were two, two, of the, two of the other A pitchers of the set were on the same team. That was the tipless Wonder White Sox. But still, that sort of nonsense, you know, the cards now, if you're willing to do your own limitation, limitations based on usage, the cards now are a lot more accurate, even without the innovations, just because they're not penalizing the part-time players the way they, and, and back in the 50s, it was murder. It was yeah. absolute murder what they did to the part-time players. So, uh, so that's, that's another big piece. Uh, Pete, I remember when uh, you were selling Robert Henry's collection. Robert Henry, of course, the uh, the longtime Q and A uh, columnist for the Apple Journal, and uh, we'll get to uh, that uh, uh, hopefully a bit later here. But um, uh, you had some strato sets. I'm just kind of curious if you wish to uh, comment about um, how you might how Apple cards have through the years and the game in its totality in its entire history have compared to some of the competitors out there. Uh, you know, no one's knocking any games. I mean, uh, you want to play them all, really. I mean, Apple is just the one, certainly, that, uh, you know, uh, maintains the hold on us. Have there been any other cards or sets, games that kind of, you know, have, you know, maybe answer some of the mechanics issues that Apple may or may not have? And just your general thoughts about, you know, the, the broad landscape of all these uh, sports simulation games. Yeah, you mentioned uh, some of these other games, and if, if you go way back, there was one called Big League Manager and uh, Nagamko, and I've even forgotten how a lot of these work. You know, I've tinkered with them a little bit, but um, I think it comes down to the uh, uh, individual player's preference. What what are they comfortable with, and, and what do they enjoy in, at most? Uh, I do know... Um, uh, Several people who are, you could call them APA fanatics or even friends of mine who are also into the, the uh, Stratomatic. Okay, they, they do both. Robert Henry was like that. And for one, and I was amazed that, that he could uh, uh, be such an, an analyst, a good analyst of the APA cards as well as the Stratomatic, you know, which was, a, that's a lot to chew on. Uh, but uh, yeah, and he he collected a, a lot of that stuff, and and um, uh, you know he he was into that. And I, I know one one of the things that uh, pe people who prefer Stratomatic say, as opposed to Appa, is that they don't like to um, uh, have to read a result. They want to get it right off the card. They don't want to get a number and then have to go to boards and. You know, they, they can't cope with that. Okay, that's fine. You know, what, whatever suits you, everybody's different. In my case, you know, I got into APA in uh, 1957, very early on. There was no Stratomatic then. I think the only thing around maybe was All-Star Baseball with the spinner. Um, but I saw that uh, APA was uh, much better, and I gravitated to that, uh, adopted it, been with it ever since. 
That's amazing. I mean, Apple was really a way ahead of the time and talking about 1957. That's also the first Apple football season set, you know, the season replicated came, the came out the following 50, year. Yes. Right. 57 yeah. season came out in 58. Right. As the 59 Which, edition, it's like, wow. And that, that's a year before the big game. I was just talking to uh, John Asselon actually about it. It's like how prescient, you know, of, of course, you know, you can't mention Apple without the national pastime game. And of course, Pete, you're a custodian of one of the last surviving original copies. You still have that. Yes, not, not the complete. Uh, Cliff Van Beek's daughter, Carol, had given me the um, uh, cards that he had. Uh, the, it's a, what I have is a complete American League and uh, the National League, but less uh, 34 cards and no complete teams. And uh, I was really, you know, flabbergasted and, and honored when, when she gave those to me. But I told her, uh, look, I'll just hold on to them. But after me, they're going back to your family. And uh, they will go to her daughter That's, at some point. Yeah, for sure. And when, when Dick Seitz took that set and kind of added the tweaks, what were exactly the tweaks that he added to get the game off the ground? He had, he had the, uh, the pitching grades, of course, and, uh, and fielding. And then uh, later on came the uh, speed ratings and uh, XYZ and so forth, and little, little by little as John was, was pointing out a few minutes ago, you know, it slowly evolved the double columns. And that's the beauty of, of the whole, of the app, app game, which again is based on national pastime, that there's a lot of flexibility there. You, you can really do anything uh, you want with it, make changes, uh, do your own thing, which, which is what, what I do. I know a lot of people would never, dare change anything, even if it was a blatant mistake, which, you know, you do get these uh, errors and sometimes with all uh, uh, so many different numbers and calculations, particularly, you know, when Dick was doing it in, in the old days. Um, you know, I don't fault him for that. It's, it's uh, I make mistakes myself in my fine tuning. Um, but uh, th that's what, uh, you know, put APA on the map. Uh, uh, you know, Dick added these different things, and uh, this is where we are today. Yeah, you know, and John, Rebecca, you uh, speaking about those again, those very early cards. You, you, yeah, you. I, what is your collection like these days? I mean, and, it's, and what... for all intents and purposes complete. Wow. Um, they now there now. I say for all intents and purposes. First and foremost, every time I think we know everything there is to know about the old cards, I learn something new. Because uh, there, there is. Dick Seitz kept absolutely no record of when he changed things or anything like that. That's why there's had to be so much research, uh, not just the cards, the work that Dusty Welsh did on the boards uh, and which now just, just within the last week, I've had somebody I don't even know come forward and say that they want to, that, that they want to, uh, that they've got some information to uh, update and improve that. Uh, and I don't doubt that they do. Uh, and, and my response to that, of course, is bring it on, uh, you know, that, that's, that's, uh, you know, there's no, there's no, there's not one piece of data in that handbook, uh, that, I, that anybody has any ego about. We don't want it, you know, this is not, uh, you know, we don't want it to be, um, to be, uh, you know, something somebody wants. We want it to be correct. I'm pretty well complete. There's an error card here that got corrected that I might have, might not have. And a version of one of the old great teams of the past. You have to go. The handbook you held up, the Zach handbook you held up, 
said right in it, even though it had a lot. Yeah, yeah, uh, yes, yes. The, the blue book, the blue book. Uh, you know, which beautiful. But for Atma fans, is is the Bible, the Torah, the Quran, and all wrapped into one. But the the fact of the matter is, for all the work Ed did on that, and there's massive work in there on the variations of the old great kings of the past. He wrote right in there. He says, I don't think I've got half of it. And he was right. If you want to see where that went, go to the online handbook and see the work that was done by Don Adams primarily uh, and some by me in terms of backing that out. I think the 1931, the old version, and I'm talking about the newer ones when they started completely redoing them uh, you know, 15 years ago, but the old version, great teams of the past that were sold singly in the long envelopes the 1931A's, which is one of the first two that was put out, there are at least 10, if not 11, identifiable variations of that set. Uh, and Dick cites left records of ungots, nothing. I mean, that was just it. Uh, you know, Ed and, and Dan Armstrong and Don Adams and I pieced that together. Rebecca was talking earlier about those big tubs of cards she was giving away at the conventions. That was a result of me going on eBay and somebody didn't know what they had saying, here's 60 old great teams of the past. And I went it for 10 bucks and 58 of the 60 are something that, that I've already got 10 copies of, but two are something I needed for the research. I don't know how many, how many versions of the 1953 Yankees and Dodgers D format we gave away over those years, but it took how many conventions did it take before we finally got rid of, I actually, there's probably still half a dozen sets downstairs. Actually, until the boys club came along, I was still giving those card sets. That's out. right. Until, until we started <laughs> doing, doing the along and I was like, oh, here, here's all these tape. cards. <laughs> now, speaking of things, uh, I want to back up to also speaking of things other people have done. And this was done with the game company's permission. Um, the Negro League cards that our dear departed friend Charlie Fauche concocted and was selling and donating the proceeds to the Negro League players charity. Uh, and that now I think a man named Rob Weibel has taken that over uh, since, uh, since we lost Charlie far too early. Um, uh, those cards are just fascinating. And you should have seen the Bridesburg kids when I brought a box of one of each of them and Charlie had dozens and dozens of these things he put together. Um, and a box with one of each of what he had that I brought to the, uh, to the, to the uh, Henry tournament. This was in 2018. And you should have seen those kids. And one or two of those kids established, you know, online relationships with Charlie to talk about this. Because of course, you know, you're talking about a 10, 12 year old kid. Black people weren't allowed to play. You know, until somebody tells them, what do they know? Uh, you know, I you know, I was born in 1957 and I didn't really know it until I started reading that. Uh, you know, it all had been buried by the time I was watching the game. That's a very interesting thing. And even though that's at the card somebody else made, that was done with, with, with the company and John Herson's blessing. So, uh, you know, the, and, uh, and that's, uh, so that's something we can, with clear conscience, tell people to look up. Uh, it's really, really outrageously interesting stuff. Maybe you get the Josh Gibson card with, with four ones on it. In Josh Gibson's case, that's probably right. <laughs> so that's uh, so so that that's something I you know, I'll, I'll throw a plug in for that. For sure. But Jeff, you were asking about John's 
collection though. And right. you know, when I when I moved in with him, his collection wasn't anywhere near what it is now. And this kind of goes along the lines of innovations that have happened. And so this was an innovation in collecting. I remember when I first moved in with him and he did express this interest of trying to fill out his collection. And those were the days when there were these like advertisements, I guess, in the Apple Journal. And that was the market. I met with him and some of these guys, you know, where, yeah, you sent in a bid by U.S. mail. I mean, who who knows anything about that? Which then turned into eBay, which has been just a complete boom for people who are trying to collect and people who are trying to fill out collections. And that really made John being able to fill out his collection so much easier than it had been uh, when it was just somebody putting an ad in the journal and then having to mail in your requests and then maybe meet up together or maybe send them by mail. And, and, and the thing is, what, what inspired me to get what I didn't have, which wasn't that much, um, or I, I didn't think so, but that's before we saw the variation from the great teams of the past. But in terms of the season sets, all I was missing was the first 12, okay? All I was missing was original 50 to 61 wasn't really thinking about doing much about that till that bloody handbook came out yep. and it wasn't just all the data in there it was ed zach's ability to take his enthusiasm for it and make it bleed through ink and paper i thought gee whiz i wonder how many of those 12 sets i can get well within it wasn't too long after that that ebay descended on us and it wasn't too long after that, you know, maybe a decade that I did that I had them. And, uh, and, and uh, it was, and, you know, about half of them came from eBay, about half came from all that, the journal ads. But, uh, but uh, what one came from uh, uh, a reference in that, in that handbook where, uh, where, where Ed, you know, I hooked up with uh, the good old card father, Jack Cohn out in, uh, in California. And whom I got a chance to meet, he came to one of the Vegas conventions, and uh, and 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 it's uh, and he he cobbled together a fifty-three set for, him. and uh, and Ed had one extra fifty-seven set left from doing his journal research, which I bought, and I got four of the sets from a guy in the journal, and then well, the rest is history and well known, mm -hmm. uh, but uh, but uh, but it was, uh, and I'm thinking my original uh, God, I'm going to choke here. My original friendship with Dusty Welsh was after I outbid him on consecutive weekends for full 51 and 52 sets. And, uh, uh, and nonetheless, we became friends. And, uh, and, uh, and, and, uh, and that was, and that's another example. He, Charlie Fauchet, both. The outrageously overeducated, high quality human beings that you find in this hobby are, it's really enough to make you sit back and think. <laughs> it really is you know who, what are these guys doing doing uh, slumming with me i don't know uh you know it's uh, that's that's uh you know rebecca's closer to, to that level than i am but uh anyway that, that's that I, I was wanting to say kind of along the lines of innovation so you know ebay was a great big thing for the collecting but then 
you know, I do, I do remember Jeff when we all met in Canton to talk about the football game and the soccer game, and you guys were talking about playing the football game online, and there was all this like clunky stuff that had to be done because this was what I don't know when was that, but it was twenty twelve, was, like, was it not? Yeah, but it was it was still a little bit clunky, you know, to get everything set up to be able to um, meet with people online and have, make sure they can see your dice and all that stuff. And then, you know, unfortunately, the pandemic has happened. But what we're doing now is something that you guys were doing then this has made it such that lots and lots and lots of people are now getting together to play face-to-face -face on zoom right well you know uh and thank you for mentioning that that was uh, all thanks to the national card football league uh which one of the oldest leagues probably the oldest league now i think they started 1981 in ohio jerry zajak attended in person uh, gave us the uh, Skype demo again. That's eight years before, uh, seven years before. Well, no, they yeah, seven years before the pandemic, uh, and uh, he hooked up a, a demonstration with uh, Steve Bigfoot Myersberg, and uh, they held a took part in a global tournament in 2014. Again, well before the pandemic. So National Card Football League and its sister American Card Football League. Uh, yeah, they really innovated. It's actually a great boon for the way you play football. I mean, just entering both your plays hit and go and you have everything right there. You mentioned the card father, uh, Jack Cohen. We interviewed him a few years ago and Richard Prey, of course, wrote a Q and A for us. Um, do you deal with uh, Richard Prey now still? Just, uh, I mean, how does that kind of work? Is, uh, what, what can you expect when you're kind of dealing with trying to build these sets up if there's some gaps? I'm sort of out of that now. Uh, you know, my, my work in terms of building a collection is for all intents and purposes done. So I, I, I uh, you know, that was my, my days for that were in, uh, in the first decade of this millennium. Uh, and, uh, and that's, uh, you know, I'm, I'm not out, I'm not out there beating the bushes any, anymore. Um, but I think, uh, you know, I think, I think people are doing it a lot of different ways. I think people are making private connections on Delphi. I think people are uh, making private connections through uh, conventions through all the different ways we can communicate with each other now. Uh, uh, you know, uh, Rich Bray, you know, that's a name that's been, been in this crowd longer than I have. Um, and, uh, and, 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 and the great thing about knowing those names is, you know, who you're dealing with. Uh, that's, a, that's a name that's, uh, that stood the test of time in this hobby. Um, so I think it's only going, you know, the more, the more we different avenues we have and the more technology we can make proper use of, not all use of technology is proper, but we don't need to go there today, um, is uh, it, it only makes it easier for people. Uh, but it makes it easier for sellers too, because the market's more efficient. Uh, you know, Atma cards were always collectible, but until eBay, there was no efficient market for it. And what you saw when eBay came out was a tenfold increase in what was available but you saw a big bump in the prices as well uh, because, because the, the pent up demand was always there. There was, but there was no, but there was just no supply. No supply. And uh, it's, I, 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 it's going forward well uh, it, on multiple fronts. So. 
Let's just go back to a bit to the regional tournaments, because Pete, I mean, uh, John mentioned that you were in the 76 tournament, and, and those days, I mean, that was, that was all, uh, you know, 73, 75, 76, you had, uh, you know, athletes there, you had, it was a broad bunch of presentations, and that's kind of, that's come back, yeah. right? Just kind of turn, and obviously, John, you wrote, and Rebecca, you run the Bridesburg, so I'm just kind of curious, you know, you mentioned 2013 is that when, um, you know, we held the tournament, our football tournament, and and uh, but Bridesburg kicked off. You kicked off the Bridesburg that summer. Uh, Chicago Land really ticked off. Uh, Doug Schuyler, and since then you've got. Uh, again, I was just talking to John and, and Randy uh, Aslan for the this week in Apple uh, uh, podcast about all the regional tournaments, and of course Randy Corey are running the newsletter, the official Apple newsletter details all that wonderfully. I just wonder, and you know, Pete, you we've talked about Vegas recently. You've been. You and Eric Naftali have been in Vegas. Uh, Eric Naftali, the uh, last Apple Journal editor, actually. I just wonder, some tips for kicking off and sustaining conventions. Well, it, there's uh, a lot of work involved, certainly. It's not easy. Um, I don't know how it would be today. You know, I think back uh, to the days with, with Ben Weiser. You know, he was really the... Uh, the organizer and I assisted him branded tournaments and uh, we showed movies in those days. Uh, he, he had a lot of speakers at uh, different uh, workshops. Um, today, I guess you, you just, uh, uh, it's in the hands of APA and John Herson organizes it and he, he, he sets up uh, and, and, uh, a few workshops and uh, some tournaments, soccer, hockey, et cetera. And then the, uh, there's the home run derby. There's the, um, uh, the main tournament. And he has the um, Friday night uh, uh, dinner and award ceremony. And it's pretty much a carbon copy of, of the program every year, you know, which is fine. It's got the same type of thing, but with uh, a different uh, twist, of course. So that's, I think that's uh, where we are today with it. But Jeff, about the regional tournaments, um, you know, John and I were talking about this not too long ago. The regional tournaments seem to have exploded after we put on the Henry tournament. And it, it seemed to demonstrate to people that this was possible, yeah. where people didn't really think of it that way. And so there are two, there are two people to credit for the first Henry tournament. You were one, <laughs> and I'll tell you why. And then David Small for just saying, well, we need to do something for these kids. So there was this talk, we need to do something for these kids. And I know that you were at one of the conventions with when the kids first came, but it was the thing that we did in Canton that really sparked the idea for me that this is possible and should be pretty simple to do. I had a little bit of a background in putting on large, um, large events for politicians in the DC area. And I was like, well, I heard this stuff about doing something for the Brightsburg kids. And I was like, well, we just went to this thing with Jeff and I don't know why we couldn't do like a version of that for the kids. I mean, it's, it's way simpler than organizing a couple hundred politicians for sure. So, so yeah, I was like, let's just get a room at a hotel and just do this. Yeah. And knowing that we had just done this with you in Canton, I was like, yeah, this is, this is doable. And once I said it's doable, 
John was like, okay, well, you do, you do the part that you do and I'll do the part that I do. And we got it done. And yep. mm-hmm. once we demonstrated that it could be done for a reasonable price and pretty simply, Sim- simply being john will tell you it's not simple <laughs> it, 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 it is really simpler than people think right it's definitely simpler than people think it is um and you know when this first idea came up about the bridesburg tournament it was it was talked about in this like we need to do this but it's it's an insurmountable problem and so once we got past this idea that this problem is not as big as we would think. Um, yeah, it really seems like these tournaments have taken off. People want to do them and they want to take up, you know, take their own time to put on something simple where they are. And it's been a, a great thing. The, uh, the event, yes, Rebecca, is, uh, you know, that's simple, but putting it together <laughs> is the hard part. And that's where, uh, that's where you came in. And I, uh, I applaud you for that. That's, uh, that's something, uh, you know, I would be reluctant to touch. <laughs> but, uh, you were very good at that. And, and you know, uh, earlier, Jeff, uh, you were asking about um, uh, how would the APA um, uh, people, so to speak, would, would uh, be together in the future basis uh, compared to how it was in the past. And I, I think, uh, you know, you go back to the 50s, the way I started out, and a lot of the old time is like uh, Don Provisiero will tell you this too, and probably Roy, that you, you played uh, with uh, friends in the neighborhood or uh, maybe solo. And then uh, uh, all of a sudden, uh, uh, male leagues came along. Uh, the Apple Journal was really instrumental in uh, bringing everybody together. And then after... Um, uh, the male leagues, you had uh, the, um, the conventions, of course, then you had fa- face-to-face leagues, and now you have uh, these um, uh, local tournaments, which, as Rebecca said, people realize they, they can do, and that's good, although I think it, they keep a lot of people away from the convention because they, they can do their own tournaments uh, locally or nearby, and I, I would think down the road that um, it's whatever the... Uh, situation is you know it's going to be done all electronically like john is doing with david small and uh, probably in some ways that we can't even think of right now because they haven't been invented yet but uh it's it's going to uh, there'll be progress just like uh, in every other field for sure for sure cool. uh you know uh just i don't want to dwell on on, on the uh you know 2013 was yeah obviously a huge year. Uh, again, if if you're going to point to Canton, you got to point to Pete Simonelli because he's the one who inspired any work you know from from this end. And John and Rebecca, without you folks being there, and, and Bob Tassinari, uh, everyone who came. I keep saying if I if I had if if you folks hadn't shown up, I'd be sitting there eating you know 25 lunches in a room <laughs> in Canton, Ohio. And I still thank you, John, for that. You did a fantastic not only a soccer demo. Uh, with uh, with Jerry Zajac as well, doing some demo there. Uh, but you also did a great presentation on Canton. I've got all those. Uh, I should repost those maybe on the 10th oh, yeah. anniversary of that. But And Rebecca, you actually, Rebecca's the one who actually took that photo, if you ever see the photo of the group there. So you folks are, are <laughs> it. You're it. Um, 
Yeah, the the, the the notion of being stuck in a room by yourself and can't with 25 lunches. <laughs> For somebody who spent a, most of the summers of his childhood, at least a part of it in Canton, because I had family there, boy, is that frightening. Anyway. <laughs> and John and John Asselon apparently has ties there too. Oh yeah, John and I have talked about this. Because um, uh, John John showed up for the, for the convention last year to get put in the Hall of Fame, which was great. I had been on the podcast before, but I'd never gotten to meet him face to face. Just another example of the great people that, uh, that this hobby seems to seems to regurgitate. I don't know. It's it's just there's so there's so many great people in this in this bunch. But uh, yeah, there's yeah uh, John's John's got ties up there. Um, guy who won the tournament, the convention tournament a few years ago, and then only then was was hurt in a car wreck and didn't get back to last year. Guy named Dave Sweely is from Columbus. He's got you know we've met him in Canton at times times um it's uh you know Pat, ohio's ohio's always got more going for it than the, the comedians say Pat comes Pat, out Patty of mcgregor is is out of right, Pat mcgregor's uh yeah uh, uh, that's uh one of only two people in the inner circle of that though that we know have have uh have owned and have worn kilts it's just, it's just such a great group of people but canton you know, what i remember most of canton is Two friends I made there who have since uh, joined joined us in the Hall of Fame, and that's uh, and that's Ray and Greg, and uh, and and uh, I, I I don't know if I've told you this before, but it, you know, at that first we were all sitting around the bar the night before the thing started, sitting around the hotel bar just meeting each other, and and Greg was asking me about being in the Hall of Fame, and I said, you know, as, as great an honor as I'll ever have. You know, wouldn't mean as much to me as a Nobel Prize in economics because that's given to you by some committee that needs paper. This was given to me by people that know me and still gave it to me. <laughs> and, 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 and Greg nodded along. And then a few years later, he and Ray went to the Hall of Fame. And the year after that at the convention, Greg came to me. He said, it wasn't until I got home. And finally, I understood what you said to me in, in Canton all those years ago about what it means. And, uh, and, and uh, you know, great, great people. Great, great people uh the these uh you know it's it's uh no i had you know that we had, had a lot of fun at that camp thing again i was revisiting a lot of a lot of things uh because i'd only do that's only the second time in a 30-year period i'd been there but uh, since all the family died off but uh but uh but that was that was a fantastic it was a fantastic event uh but yeah what rebecca as far as the just to chime in on on putting on the on the uh the regional tournaments people think the big impediment is cost and but if you just get a meeting room at the local Hampton Inn there isn't a lot of cost to it and once you've got the room and once you you know put out the word that you're holding the darn thing uh the rest now again my thing the the, the Henry tournament is different because we're dealing with the boys club kids and that does add a complication to it but if you're just trying to run a tournament um one of the things I have seen, there are some people who there there are some. It's common sense stuff, but it's not common sense until you do it once. And one of the things I'm thinking of sitting down and writing up, and I want, may want to get together with Ken Schultz, who also is, in terms of putting together regional tournaments, is is at least as big a name as I. Uh, and maybe put down uh, get you know a, a short list of pointers that we can circulate to people. Because you see rookie, people making making what I would call rookie mistakes, um, odd numbers of people in divisions. Okay, no, 
well, you know, we've got seven and seven. If we if we make them even, then there's one division has only has six, and the other one has eight. That ain't a problem. Having people sitting there on their hands uh, because you've got an even odd number of people in divisions is a problem. Uh, that sort of thing. Uh, just as an example, um, not trying to pick on people, but something I saw in the not too distant past. Uh, and I'm thinking maybe maybe Ken and I will put something like that together uh in in you know maybe in my voluminous free time i'll talk mm -hmm. right the the how to run a how to run a tournament 101 um, yeah it would be 101 i mean everybody's got their, everybody wants to do their own thing and i'm not trying to impinge on that but there's certain things certain things that don't fly and and uh and and the regional tournaments would take off even more than they have if people understood some of these things and some of these are things are things i was stupid enough to do once upon a time i'm not brilliant i've just done it too often <laughs> it's, it's you know experience counts um you know so pete that, one of the one of the things you mentioned though about the national tournament the annual tournament is that every year it's kind of a carbon copy of the prior year you can pretty much depend on the schedule except that every year the um the schedule expands just a little bit right it, it was That's just true. a just a friday night and a saturday thing and then a little bit on sunday and now there's like lots of stuff on friday and yeah. we we all kept coming a day earlier and a day earlier to hang out with mm -hmm. each other and to just you know yeah. do our thing and john yeah. herson kept noticing that we kept coming earlier and earlier and earlier and so he's like well why don't i do some programming on some of those other days and right. also you know and i just want to put a plug in for my own thing this let's say now's the time for that dear right uh coming up for this year's convention so yeah over the years especially in Alpharetta, people have started bringing their spouses and their families and other people that don't play. Mm -hmm. And so, um, yeah, somebody mentioned to me at the end of last year's uh, tournament while we were waiting for the finals to be played, um, somebody's, somebody's spouse came up to me and we were just talking and she said, you know, she said it would be really nice if the game company would arrange something for the wives so that we could get to know each other. We could get together and do some sightseeing on Saturday while everybody else is here, but we don't know each other necessarily. And we don't know what to do around here because we're not from here. Mm -hmm. And my thought was, oh, but I could, and uh -huh. so, yes, on Friday awesome. this year, Jen Scoff and I um, are hosting a social for companions. So mm -hmm. anybody who came along with somebody who's not, and they're not going to play on Saturday, and they want to find out what there is to do, and maybe hook up with some people that they might otherwise not know to go do those things. Um, yeah, we're going to meet in the hotel bar at four o'clock. Um, I'll pay for drinks and maybe some snacks if we can get some snacks together and try to get everybody connected and get some ideas about what to do on Saturday. One of the things that I'm bringing is um, for people to be able to go to the presidential library. That's one of the many things that can be done in the Atlanta area. Mm -hmm. um, but, but hopefully Pat 
Pete's wife will come and help out with some things that she knows in the area. But Jen Scoff has year after year been around the area and done some sightseeing, so she'll have plenty of ideas as well. Yeah, uh, I think. Yeah. Uh, and uh, I, I, we know Kathy Blair is going to be there this year. Yeah. She always isn't, but she is this year. Uh, so, yeah, some of the people we have known over the last 10, 20 years will be there. But uh, but there are people that I've mentioned before. I, there are guys, guys whose wives show up and we see them at breakfast. Well, you know, there, there's, there's just something ought to be done here, and 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 what 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 Jen and you are are, are doing here is is well thought and admirable, and I'm I'm going to help it by staying as far away from it as I can get. Um, yes, you're not invited. No, I, I, I would assume I would not, as long as we're talking about extracurriculars at the convention, uh, and it is just this morning that I got the final uh, sign off uh, from somebody from of availability on this. Uh, we are resuming for the first time since the Lancaster. We are resuming uh, having a handbook meeting adjacent to the convention. Uh, this will take place uh, on the Wednesday night, eight o'clock. We're just going to organize it in the lobby. And for the people who don't come that early, some do, some don't. For the people who can't come, uh, there will be Zoom availability. Uh, there we will have a Zoom hookup. So that uh, people, the people who can't participate because they're sitting next to you, participate right as we are now. Uh, this is all part of a of an effort to uh, to reorganize and kickstart the handbook, which which is badly in need. It's not we're not as bad off as we were in two thousand six, but we're going to be there if uh, if if the slovenly editor doesn't uh, get up off it and 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 uh, and uh, get the troops in proper marching order. So, uh, so that will take place. Uh, that will take place on the Wednesday night at eight o'clock, and this is the first public announcement of that. Uh, oh, I just got the last email I needed from one of the handbook directors who said that was, the timing was okay. Just got that this morning. So that's wow, uh, awesome. So that is, uh, yeah, and we are, uh, and and uh, and and this coincides with completely disconnected to it three different APA people have contacted me in the last three months saying, hey, do you need help with getting the handbook moving forward? Uh, and to which I said, absolutely, I'll take all the help I can get. Uh, so, uh, so, so there are brighter days ahead there too. Awesome, awesome. And uh, for those who don't know, uh, we showed the uh, handbook. It's uh, there. There were two print versions. Yes. Uh, it it uh, uh, John announced that in Lancaster that it was going digital and it is available in all its um, uh, voluminous, fact-filled glory at zachappahandbook.org. That's where you right. Can also, you can also view Scott Lahotsky's Of Dice and Men documentary mm -hmm. from the 90s where uh, you will see uh, um, Ed Zach on camera and Pete Seminelli, uh, a bunch of the APA folks and the, the folks who uh, you know kicked that project off. It's just one of the most amazing, uh, you know, <laughs> we talk about, you know, you don't even have to play the game. You just kind of look at it sometimes and to, uh, you know, to, to dig into a book like this and, and the amount of work, it's, 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 it's not even comprehensible, just the amount of work uh, and all these and in, in just creating the cards and maintaining that, you know, the company and, and huge kudos, obviously, to John Hurston. I mean, it's been a, it's, you know, the company, you know, you mentioned the Bill Bordigan era. I mean, there were, you know, the 90s were, although there was some innovation there. I mean, you know, it was a tricky time, you know, it was a trans transitional time. I mean, the company is stronger than it's ever been. Um, 
uh, credit to Herson and everyone uh, who, who does all these things that, you know, Rebecca, you're doing, everyone does to kind of keep this community going. Um, I, you know, I, I wondered if, uh, you know, we talked about last year, everyone contributed to a, uh -huh. a one-off uh, 70th anniversary uh, journal. And, uh, and I just wondered if, um, you know, uh, if you might uh, talk about um, Robert Henry, who, uh, you know, a close friend of yours and, and to the whole community. And I, I just wondered if, you know, it's, it's an amazing um, testament to, um, you know, the, uh, the long running friendships uh, in this community. And I just wondered if you would uh, speak to that a bit. Yeah, he was uh, one of a kind. I certainly uh, miss him. Probably uh, my oldest friend in the Apple community. Uh, uh, it's unfortunate that uh, we lost him. Uh, and uh, I, I don't know if there'll ever be anyone else, uh, you know, like him. Well, in the way I understand it, Pete, the, the story as I've heard it of Bob Henry, and I, I met Bob a few times, but I didn't have all the history. But the way I heard it is before the handbook, what we had was Bob. Yep. Bob was kind right. of the keeper of all that history. And yep. until, until Ed Zach put the handbook together, you had to go to Bob <laughs> to figure all that stuff out. And, yes, that's right. And, and, as, as, I, as I wrote in, in that wonderful document that you just showed, um, you know, it, it is, uh, if you talk to anthropologists, all societies go through an era as they're developing where they have history, but it's oral history before they develop the ability to write their history down. Well, ATBA, the ATBA crowd is no different. Uh, our oral history period was Bob Henry. And then when we developed the ability to write it down, we had Ed Zach. Uh, that's, uh, and that, that's, uh, the, uh, and you talk about, talk about the handbook and it's uh, you know, I remember what I opened the 2006 New Brunswick meeting with, which is, I figured out that this is hard to do. And I figured out it only got done because Zach is really human. He was some superior species, mm -hmm. but, uh, but getting back to Bob, it's, yeah, Bob was, was, uh, was to paraphrase and, uh, a better wordsmith than I, one of God's own prototypes that was never meant for mass production. Uh, but I say that only in a good way. Uh, Bob was a wonderful human being. He had as big a heart as there was on earth. He didn't, didn't matter if you just crawled up out of the sewer system. If you had an app, a question, or for that matter, a question about any tabletop sports gaming, uh, and you went to Bob, he either had the answer, I suppose he'd get it for you, but not. But I never saw him not have it. Uh, and he was there with us right until that 2006 New Brunswick meeting. Uh, and it wouldn't have been right for him not to be there. Mm -hmm. And we didn't realize at the time that that was the last we were going to see it. And, then it's, and it was tragic because he should still be with us. And, uh, and, and, uh, but, uh, but the cosmos is complicated on these things. And, uh, and, uh, the, uh, the, uh, uh, the, when we did the tournament for the adults last year in lieu of the Henry tournament, we named it after Dusty Welsh, and uh, who, uh, who was, of course, local to that area and had just passed. And the photograph we used on the coffee mugs we handed out to everybody that was there was a photograph from that 2006 New Brunswick meeting. Uh, and uh, it's, uh, yeah, these things, you know, and I, I remember sitting there, I remember, remember he was at the New Brunswick meeting, 
uh, Pete, too many of them are gone. You know, Dusty's gone, Bob's gone, Beryl's gone. Uh, Don's gone. Huh? Don's gone. Don Adams is gone. Howard. Uh, you know, it's- Howard, it, yeah. Uh, Howard, Len Gatos. Yeah, yeah, those yeah, those guys weren't at, the, at, the, at that meeting, but, they, but they, they left us way too early. Charlie Fauché, you know, Charlie Fauché, I didn't realize because he wasn't well when I first met him, but Charlie Fauché was like four years younger than I am. Charlie Fauché played uh, high school baseball with um, uh, Vince Coleman. Uh, Charlie wasn't even 60 when he passed. Um, but you know, it was that, it was a 2006 Brunswick meeting where, yeah, that kind of, because Bob was at that meeting, it was, it was a, it was a great kickstart because he was able to answer a lot of questions then and provide a lot of lore then, but also it was that it was the memory of, we did see Bob at that when Bob didn't show up at the next couple of conventions or the next convention, I, I don't even remember how many, next how week. many things, next yeah, week. where we kind of went, hey, wait a second. Bob, Bob was always- Bob in uh, 2006, and so where did yeah. Bob go? Yeah, and, and, and the first time it wasn't, Bob was always uh, 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 what I'll politely call a private person. And the notion that, 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 that we couldn't quite track him down wasn't so disturbing the first time, but after a couple of years, it was like, wait a minute, he's missed two conventions, he never misses one. But yeah, the, legitimizing that New Brunswick tournament meeting, the two presences there that did that were Bob and Zach Paul and Ed Zach, uh, because Ed, Ed gave us the, the imprimatur to move forward in his name. Uh, and, uh, and, uh, and, 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 uh, some idiot said that's fine, but only if we put his name on the new thing. And, uh, so, uh, so somebody insisted upon that and insisted that it not be even voted on. So, um, so that was, uh, <laughs> that's, that's, but, um, speaking of, of the old handbook, uh, it, uh, the, the, uh, Boswell to, uh, Ed Zacks Johnson, Dan Armstrong heard from him this week. Uh, so he's he's still he's still in touch, and uh, and uh, blessing our 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 um, moving forward with handbook stuff at this point. So, and Dan also came to the New Brunswick meeting. Yeah, he came to that too. And, uh, yeah, yeah. Somehow or another, the guy that organized that deserves a shout here, and that's Rob McLeod, who not only kicked us all in the, in the posterior and made us get together and get off, made Don and I get off dead center on the handbook. But somehow or another, talked Ed and Dan into coming in from Oregon for that, and Eric from California. Uh, and I'm like, well, <laughs> you know, that's uh, that's you know that, that at that point we had some marching. Uh, you know, all all the all the lights were there, and Skeet and Barrel, and and uh, you know, all everybody everybody who mattered to it showed up for it. Okay, fine, that that'll motivate you. <laughs> but Jeff also in that article was you know the whole what did we do once we discovered that Bob was missing and how did how did we end up making sure that he ended up in a grave of his own that was meaningful and be able to have a ceremony for those in the community that remembered him and to to be able to do that and yeah that's what this community does. And so, yeah, we noticed he was missing. We tried and we put a lot of effort into Pete 
Pete had some inside knowledge to figure out, hey, wait, um, yeah, what did happen? And so, yeah, that led us to discovering where Bob's remains were and getting permission from his brother to disinter his remains and to create a, his own personal place. And But the, the thing about that, that whole thing that we did, I mean, we were running around Lancaster doing, doing all this together with Pete and Pat and John and I, was when we were purchasing the gravestone. <laughs> oh, this piece of the story. <laughs> so yeah. we're, we're mm -hmm. at the place where you buy gravestones and we were like, well, what are we gonna do about this gravestone? And we knew what we wanted to put on it. And so we go inside and she says, well, you know, we have this, that, and the other thing. And we're, we're talking to her and we're like, well, we want something with, we want something with rounded corners. And then we were like, and we need something like this specific size. <laughs> we needed specific dimensions. And so then, then I didn't know what these, I couldn't remember what the dimensions were. We had so I did what anybody would do. I fall And we, and now it's not exact. The dimensions aren't exact because you can only order gravestones to the nearest two inches on a dimension. But we got as close as we could and we got rounded corners. But but as I as I correctly pointed out at the time, the only person that we know that would actually measure it and find out that it wasn't exact was the guy we were burying. So that was yeah. <laughs> nobody else. It, I think it's it's pretty accurate. If you look at it, it, oh, it, uh, it is obvious. Uh, if you're an and they, player, they did a, they did a good job with the with the uh, dimensions. Yeah, it's it's right on. And and uh, and at the very bottom, in small print, it says that it was placed by his friends in the Atla community. And you're right; he played Strat, he played all sorts of things, but none of them got him out of Potter's Field. We did that, yeah. uh, and uh, you know, uh, if uh, you know, if the day comes when I'm called to account for my life, and somebody asks me, "What did you? What were you involved in that was right?" At least I got one answer. At least I got that. A relatively, somebody else in the Apple community, a relatively new member of the community, somebody, but somebody I've gotten to know well over the last year was in, was in some, some serious crisis recently. Mm -hmm. uh, I won't go into any more detail because uh, I'm trying to protect some confidentiality. But among the things that I wanted to, that I sent him to make him feel better, because he's just falling in with the Apple community, I sent him my, cop, my, my draft of that story. I said, these are the kind of people you're dealing with here. Just this morning, we found out that, uh, that, that that what he needed to hear from on from a third party to make the crisis pass has happened, and he's in much better shape. So <laughs> that's uh, you know these are the and he's and he said he's a believer. When you were like, "See, I told you we had your back and everything was good," he was like, "No, you're preaching to the choir now. I'm a believer, so don't worry about it." Yeah, it's we take care of our own, uh, you know. And I, people get tired of me repeating it, but but it's. The defining characteristic of this crowd. Absolutely, absolutely. You know, I, I mentioned uh, the Lancaster 2012. That was the first time. I, if I hadn't met Pete, I wouldn't have gone. I'd just be too scared. You know, because it's you know, frankly, I mean, it's it's weird. If you're an extrovert, uh, an introvert, and you're just kind of, you know, you just don't. You know, it's 
you know, the game is one thing, but actually being near people can be a bit anxious, <laughs> you know, you can get a little anxious sometimes, but, uh, you know, if anyone's, I mean, obviously you're, you're close to the uh, convention here, but if there's a convention near you, if you're wondering about getting down to Alpharetta, you know, you're any, any uh, trepidation or hesitation you might have, you're going to fall in love with these people. Mm -hmm. um, you know, so no other way to put that. And uh, again, you, you for your audience, I'll repeat what I've said for years, and you all are really sick of hearing it because I've repeated it a thousand times. You show up at the Ampa convention, you're family. You were always family. You just didn't know it till you showed up. And how many times, well, I remember one guy that first Alpharetta convention, I said that to on the Friday, and he looked at me like I threw on another head. <laughs> and he came back to me on the Sunday and said, I get it. I, did, I didn't understand you Friday. I get it now. Uh, and uh, and now he's worked his way all the way into the hall of fame. So, that's, well, but you also that's, don't. Have yeah, these, they, they, but you also don't have to be a player. Uh, we had somebody who came uh, to the convention. Uh, he was one of the he was the boys club kid that we talked about. Um, that's now an adult, but he had come a few years ago for his first time, and his dad came with him too. And his dad doesn't play. But guess what? His dad's part of the family. And yeah. his dad also came to the Welsh tournament recently. And, he, um, and, and he'll and probably he stop came, by and see us in August. Yeah. Yeah. He comes to say hi. We put him on the list. We, you know, send greetings through his son. And yeah, he's still, he doesn't play. He's not even interested in baseball at all. And he comes and hangs out and says hi and participates in social things. And, and yeah. He's part of he's part of the crowd, and we consider him to be part of the family too. Yeah, and that's that's the thing. It's just I, you talk about being intimidated. You're not the first person I've heard say that. I don't know if I should go to the convention, and particularly when reading the Delphi boards or that they get the get the correct impression that the inner circle of people in Napa are a very tightly knit bunch. Well, that couldn't be more true. But being tightly knit doesn't mean that we're insular. We're anything but. Yeah, it's a very tightly knit group. Well, how do you become part of the tightly knit group? Show up. <laughs> you know, that's it. Uh, that's that's the way that you know nobody's nobody's got an ego about where they stand in the community. Mm -hmm. uh, you're you're one of us when you just walk in. If you started playing last week uh and and you're friends with pete and i and people like roy langans and greg wells right then but you know on friday night um john herson will ask who's who's there for the first time who's brand new to the tournament and mm -hmm. that's our opportunity to figure out you're brand new and to go and reach out to you yeah oh yeah that's that's you're not going to wander in and everybody ignore you uh, I know there's some people who, that that might have wished that had happened, given what they got. But but no, it's it's uh no, it's absolutely, it's absolutely it is. I you know I'll say it again: the finest group of people I've ever known, the finest group of people I ever hope to know. Uh, and uh, and and again, the game quit being the reason years ago. It's the excuse now. Uh, it's the on. It's how you. It's that's how you you play the game. You get the door open. Once you get the door open. You know, it's all about the people, uh, but that's life. Right. Well, would, I, I, would it would it be uh, proper for me to 
to name uh, two people who uh, became, uh, so to speak, part of the inner circle over the last couple of years. Right? You have, uh, and John, you know them, Frank Fumai, Tom Wilkins. Tom, you know, Tom, Tom Anderson. Fit, fit uh, right in. Hmm? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Showed up for what, 2018 was the first time? Or 2019, I forget maybe, which. One maybe, of the last maybe, two. Uh, maybe 2019, yeah. And, uh, and. No. Yeah, I've, Tom's been there twice. Yeah, so the last, the last, last two, time, so 2019 yeah. and 2021. Uh, but yeah. yeah, Tom, yeah, showed up and they're coming in from California. Oh, wow. Uh, and uh-uh, mm -hmm. no, they, they were. Uh, they were already part of the family before you already had that done before I met. Uh, I mean, that was, that was, that was it, but, uh, wouldn't, wouldn't miss them now. And, mm -hmm. uh, yeah, this, this sort of stuff goes on, you know, th this sort of thing just happens all the time. And yet there are relationships that go back half a century, you know, uh, you talk about a relationship between, you know, between Roy and Skeet and some of the rest of that, uh, you know, I, I don't go quite that far, but I, you know, got 40 plus years on some of these folks. Uh, it was, you know, uh, it was 40 years ago that I was running a league. I, I was way over my head running a league at, at that age. Here in Northern Virginia, and Roy was running the Baltimore League. And we had a, what we will politely call an off the field problem with a guy who was in both leagues. And I wanted to, and Roy didn't know who I was from a sack of spuds, but I called him up. You know, no problem. You know, exchanged information when and a situation that now it was it wasn't funny at the time, but we we tell the story and laugh about it now. And uh, that's that's there's just no there's just no uh, it just nobody seems to have any ego about where, where their spot is, and nobody and, and and if you if you're remotely interested in the game of the group of people, you're you know we we want you so bad you may never get away. So that's, so that's you know that's the situation nice nice <laughs> boy on that note i think uh man anyone who's watching this even if you don't play appa you know it's 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 a great game always and just these folks um even if you're in any tabletop sports sims obviously now you can even uh, take a little tour you're going to tour the atlanta area and anyone who ever had any you know, I don't know who might at this point have any issues with the company having moved to, to uh, Atlanta oh, area, but I mean, it's, I mean, it's so much more accessible. I mean, coming from California, it's, it's a breeze. The people that had problems with it were the, were the Pennsylvania people, and there were a lot of them because the game company was from Lancaster, and a lot of them just, you know, had the opposite reaction. Atlanta's a long way to go, and we used to just make a day trip of it. Yeah, but sure. that, but that was a 10-year-old fight. That was dead and buried. Pete, when was the last time you heard any, anybody still making that bad noise? Seven, eight years ago? Everybody's gotten over right. it. Uh, yeah. As long as Delta Airlines is in business, you can get to Atlanta. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so and, and Dale Schreiner runs. Right. And Dale cool. Schreiner runs Amtrak, actually, too. It's kind of cool. Dale uh, Schreiner runs the Lancaster tournament as well. So, I mean, yeah. There's a and, yeah, and there's the one in Lancaster. And again, the Henry Turner was a direct output of the fact that the kids from Philly couldn't go to the Lancaster tournament anymore and getting a bunch of kids that age to, to the convention in Atlanta is just one of those, you can't get there from here situations. Uh, and uh, Rebecca was talking about David Small. Uh, David Small and Brian Kavanaugh from, from the Bridesburg tournament and I were sitting around that last 2012 Lancaster convention and we knew it was the last one. 
and everybody was bummed. And Brian Kavanaugh was saying to David and I, of course, I think Brian knew exactly what he was doing too. I think, uh, I think he think he's, uh, he's like my dogs. He can smell a sucker a mile away. But um, I say that only with affection. I love Brian. Yeah. But uh, Brian was saying to us, he says, it's a shame the kids love this tournament. They get so much out of it. But uh, we, it, it's going to go away. We can't go take them to Georgia. At which point David Small turned to me and turned, said, well, can't we just arrange something separate for them here? And me being an idiot, uh, shot my mouth off and said, sure we can. I figured we'd do it once. I didn't realize it turned into a life sentence, but that's okay. <laughs> that's, that's, that's okay. Great. Labor of love. <laughs> Labor of love. Uh, well, but we've watched some of those kids grow into adults now. I mean, yeah. you know. Well, the, the, one, the one person we, we keep talking about, and I don't think it's but he's not the only one. We've we've no. seen a couple more of those kids turn into adults too. Yeah, I don't. Think, yeah, but the one we're we're really talking about, who uh, you know, his bachelors at St. Joe's and all the rest of that. Uh, now the people he's turned into a very fine young man, and Brian Kavanaugh and the people at the Boys Club and his teachers and his professors and his parents deserve all the credit for that. But everybody involved in the Henry turn is in their own mind taking one tenth of one percent of the credit. We don't deserve it, but we're taking. <laughs> so that's at least we didn't lead him astray so uh so that's uh but uh you know that's and as you get older that sort of thing matters believe me it matters sign up this tournament and any of the other tournaments there are many uh, around the country now uh, from michigan down to florida out to california they're they're all we're everywhere appas everywhere <laughs> and, yeah. uh, it, and, it, uh, you can even go to a tournament in slippery rock pennsylvania if you really want to go to slippery rock pennsylvania there you go and there if you, you do i suggest you get help but that's beside me <laughs> and if you don't you know if you feel like you just can't you know if you for whatever reason just start one on your own i mean there's a lot of help and a lot of expertise there uh, and you can play digitally, you know, Bill Lilly's out there in Thailand and Phil Malloy and the, are out there in Australia, football guys, you know, you can do it. And, and baseball, I imagine as well, you can do soccer. I don't know if you can do that as well digitally, I guess. Jack Dolan is doing it. Oh, uh, yeah, no, Jack, Jack yeah. is running the convention tournament. And on Zoom. I'm involved in that. Man. Also, uh, he restarted his, uh, his league based off his EPL draft league. Oh, yeah. uh, which I'm involved in. Now that doesn't require Zoom. You can do that play by mail or you can play it Zoom. I just, we just finished, we're just finishing that season. Uh, and am uh, I having a blast with it? No, soccer works. Soccer, because like baseball is not a complicated game to play, which is really a function of the fact that soccer is not a complicated sport. That works wonderfully on Zoom, works okay on play by mail. Mm. Uh, no, we, the seven guys, the seven guys in, in, the, uh, in the league, this year stretched from Portsmouth, Mass to Denver to Calgary. And the finals are being played at the tournament this yeah, year. Yeah, the final right? of that soccer tournament is, as well as the finals of the hockey tournament. I think we'll be the Thursday night in Alpharetta. And, uh, and, and uh, by some awful twist of fate, I'm in the semifinals of the soccer tournament. So, yeah. so, uh, so I might want to, I have a chance to maybe actually win something for once and uh, which, which will probably cause the universe to end. <laughs> Who's your team? Who's your, uh, team? Uh, I'm playing the 2019-2020 uh, Bayern Munich at the tournament. Uh, uh, yeah, which is which is a powerhouse. It's a killer. That team won. That team won the treble, German Cup, German League, Champions League. Uh, and uh, plus, their their number one striker Lewandowski happens to bear the same last name as uh, Rebecca's mother did at birth. So that's wow. uh, Le it, it, there's Lewandowski in 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 
that part of Poland is like smithing. It's yeah. a very, very common name. But, uh, but, but uh, yeah. And then in, in the draft league, uh, that the draft office certainly EPL teams. And, uh, you know, uh, I'm looking for a better year next year. Uh, the fact that my, my number one guy is Mohamed Salah doesn't hurt. <laughs> it's not at all. So, uh, so that's, uh, so we'll go from there. Um, yeah, no, soccer works great on that. Hockey works well on it. Uh, Steve Scott run used to now, now, uh, um, Chuck Source is doing it. Steve Scott ran that hockey tournament for years. I know they do zoom work on that. Uh, it's absolutely. And that's a more, much more complicated game than, than soccer just because the sport is much more complicated. All works fantastic. All works great. Pete, uh, what uh, team or teams you bring it down to Atlanta this year? Alpharetta. Oh, I don't know. Maybe I should keep it a secret. Oh, there you go. Sure, you can. All <laughs> it's right. it's only it'll only be a baseball team. Okay. All right. I, I pretty much here. I pretty much made up my mind. It's possible I might change it, but uh, we'll see. <laughs> oh my goodness. Ooh. And uh, Rebecca, I haven't decided on a team yet. I I think I might go back to one of my favorite Cubs teams. We'll see. Everyone, uh, safe travels. Have a ball. Uh, folks, you're going to be, if you haven't been to the tournament yet, you're going to meet these wonderful people. Uh, have a great time. Thank you so much. I hope okay. we can do this again at some point. People, okay. Thank you so much. All right. Thank, thank you, Thanks, Jeff. Steph. All the best to you. Thanks, Take buddy. Care. Good to see you as always. Great to see you. Thank you.